Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Today marks the one year anniversary since Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president of the United States of America. On Inauguration Day 2021, the president made a lot of promises, promises that gave Americans hope for the next chapter in our country's history. But as we look back 12 months later, did President Biden measure up? Did he meet the moment like he said he would? Or did he overpromise and maybe underdeliver? Are people having a little bit of buyer's remorse? Or is there a lot of optimism for the future? Some people are saying this is the beginning of the end of the Biden administration with his two-hour press conference yesterday, while others are saying... Yeah, maybe it's just the end of the beginning. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, obviously a lot of analysis about the president's first year in office. The good, the bad, the ugly, the challenging. Uh, Of course, we tuned into uh, his uh, extensive press conference yesterday. We'll break that down a little bit more as we go through. And we're really going to spend some time today looking at different aspects of what President Biden and his administration have done, what they haven't done. Uh, and where they need to come together, because as always in politics, it is about what's next and how do you make that now? How do you get that moving forward? So let's start by going back just a little bit uh, on this one year anniversary of President Biden's inauguration. And let's go to his speech specifically. Uh, I actually thought it was one of his better speeches. And uh, the president began by talking about the need for more unity and promising to unite the nation. To restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy. Unity. Unity. My whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this. Bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Uh, interesting, the, the calls for unity, the call for Congress to come together. And, of course, we've experienced a year that didn't have a lot of unity, had a lot of unrest, had a lot of incivility. Uh, we'll continue to break that down. The president continued uh, by saying that he would represent all Americans, even those who didn't vote for him. Disagreement must not lead to disunion. And I pledge this to you. 
I will be a president for all Americans, all Americans. And I promise you, I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. That's a, that was an important message, I think, for the president to give a year ago today. As we look back, uh, I think there's some some misses on some of those in terms of really being able to unite the nation. I think the president felt he could do that significantly and swiftly. Uh, but we've seen a lot of the dysfunction in Congress, in the United States Senate in particular, where the president not only has been unable to unite the nation, he's been unable to unite his own party uh, to get pieces of his agenda passed uh, as promised uh, as part of his campaign. And there's always going to be those kinds of struggles. There's always going to be the political bickering and back and forth, although I think we could do far less and do far better as a result. So I think the president has a little bit of an incomplete there on the unity category. And of course, much of the legislation that has been passed has been done strictly on party lines, uh, which is not helping the unity pledge uh, at all. Also surprising that in the uh, context of the voter right bill, uh, that that no Republicans were contacted. No one was reached out to, uh, not even a, an offer for a meeting. And uh, the president actually had to account for that in his press conference yesterday. Uh, one of the reporters said, surely you could have called Senator Mitt Romney to have a discussion uh, about that. And they did not. Uh, and so I think there's a, an interesting point in terms of the unity. And I think the president's going to have to step up in that space, which will become increasingly difficult uh, as we move into the midterm elections. We're going to talk about this later in the show today in terms of what what is the president for? What's his agenda going to look like? And what are the Republicans for? It was one of the things the president called out in his kind of retro uh, presser yesterday as he looked back over the the year he also looked ahead and questioned Republicans. What are you for? We'll take a look at that coming up at the two o'clock hour. The president in his inauguration address uh, went on to declare something important internationally. Foreign affairs always dominate a lot of a president's time, even though they would love to focus solely on domestic issues. But President Biden promised uh, one year ago today that America would again be a trusted partner and a major player on the world stage. So here's my message to those beyond our borders. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. We'll be a strong and trusted partner for peace, progress and security. Uh, this is another area where I think the president has had a few stumbles. Obviously, the withdrawal from Afghanistan was messy uh, and tragic in many ways, uh, which created a lot of uncertainty, especially amongst our critical allies. Uh, of course, the the slip yesterday uh, in the president talking about uh, Russia incursions into the Ukraine, uh, which also sent our allies uh, and partners uh, with a lot of raised eyebrows and a lot of questions. And I think that's going to require some more cleaning up. Interestingly, uh, Vladimir Putin saying, hey, we'll take another meeting with, with President Biden. That is good for Vladimir Putin at home. Uh, he's facing his own challenges there. I don't think that's the right answer. Uh, I think uh, between NATO and our alliance with the Ukraine, uh, I think the president has to be very forceful and very direct in terms of what comes next. In his inauguration address a year ago today, President Biden also spoke about many of the great challenges facing the nation. And I did like this point that the president made on Inauguration Day, saying, all of us, we're all going to be held accountable for what we do in this critical period. This is a time of testing. 
We face an attack on our democracy and on truth, a raging virus, growing inequity, the sting of systemic racism, a climate in crisis, America's role in the world. Any one of these would be enough to challenge us in profound ways. But the fact is, we face them all at once, presenting this nation with one of the gravest responsibilities we've had. Now we're going to be tested. Are we going to step up, all of us? It's time for boldness, for there's so much to do. And this is certain. I promise you, we will be judged, you and I, by how we resolve these cascading crises of our era. I think the president got that part of his inauguration speech right. I think you and I, all of us, leaders, individuals, communities, I think we will be judged by the future, by our children and grandchildren, by how well we resolve the cascading crises of our era and how we actually come together. So as we continue our look about the president's first year in office, uh, we'll continue to break that down. Uh, Representative Blake Moore is going to join us next to talk about his view of the president's first year and his own first year uh, in office. But I think it's time for all of us to to look back and say, OK, it's it's been one year. And is it is it uh, the unraveling of the presidency? Is it the beginning of the end for the Biden administration? Or does the president have opportunities to make this just the end of the beginning and a better 2022? Stay with us. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor, Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.